So, hello everyone. I have thought more about what sexual discipline means for me. I decided to be even more sexually cautious because the society that I live in means that my being on the road more than I'm at home There is a potentiality for for people to misconstrue the art called sex. What does that mean? When you're an extraordinary person and you have a chosen family and true friends who want to accompany you on the road in terms of touring and just overall being that family and friend support system that you need because even being on the road, you still need to be centered on moral excellence. And sexual moral excellence is a part of moral excellence. That is a form of sexual accountability and sexual responsibility for myself. Would I be just as sexually accountable and sexually responsible? Yes, I would be. I've had to really learn that also because they'll be accompanying me to wherever my environments are. I have to be mindful of who and who I find attractive, who finds me attractive, and why we find each other attractive because I don't want to introduce to them anyone that is toxic. Because if they're toxic, that means they're also sexually toxic. So I have to be remember that my chosen family, my true friends, they make me more sensitized to not introducing them to a bunch of people because I want them to continue to see and and I need them to continue to see that because I am I choose sexual substance over sexual salaciousness. That also means I choose substance over of over salaciousness. I would not want and need not have the have a unhealthy incentive to parade my. my sexual living not dangling in their face 
Just because people may know something, that doesn't mean rub it in their face. Because then it could make them think that I'm sexually unaccountable, which is untrue. That I'm sexually irresponsible, which is also untrue. So I decided that I don't live a life of sexual secrecy in terms of criminality. I don't live a life of sexual secrecy in terms of sexual chaos. I don't live a life of sexual secrecy in terms of of broken oaths and ruined vows. But at the same time, I understand that and they also understand that because I am I'm sexually holistic and I'm not sexually all over the place. They know that they play a role in who and what I'm around. When you have people to answer to, that also means you have people to sexually answer to. Does that mean be graphic about each and every sexual detail of your life with them? No. But generally, if you live a life where people care about who and what's in your life, then they're going to be concerned about your friends, and they know that I have good people as true friends in my life. They already know about them, so that's fine. And my true friends know about my chosen family. They know about each other, and they both get along well with each other because they're both lifetime type of people, meaning my li- in my life, the rest of my life. So when you have those two dynamics... You can't just have anybody in life because they're going to be concerned about the intentions of potential lovers. So that's another reason why I limit greatly in terms of numeration and numerically my sexual partners. I have to keep it to a bare minimum that I've decided because most people they know would not be right for me. They know I'm extraordinary. They know that my purpose is a one of a kind once in a lifetime type of purpose. So They would not want most people to have that kind of access to me because they would misuse me and they would misconstrue me. And I strongly agree with them because we're on the same psychological wavelength about this subject and just overall. I do understand that when it comes to sex for myself, I do acknowledge and my chosen family, true friends acknowledge That when you have people who go with you where you are, 
it also makes me more understanding that living in hotels, motels, and from time to time lodging in the home of people who, lodging in the homes of people who are safe people, the kind of people that they are reasonably accommodating of me, my chosen family, my true friends. And we've examined them, investigated them, they turn out to be internally, externally safe people, meaning when we're all in their care and concern, nothing bad will ever happen to us verbally, not verbally. It also means that I can't be sneaky with sex. There was a time where I was trained to be. Um, and when you have your chosen family, true friends around you, the sneakiness component of sex is obliterated permanently. And plus, when you're on the road... Because my chosen family, true friends, will usually be nearby. It's not like I can go back to what I was in early 20s, late teens. That'll never happen again. Even if they were never around, I would still conduct myself as if they were. Even if they were never around, I say again, I would still conduct myself as if they were around. I've also had to learn that when you are in motels, hotels, and lodging in other people's homes, you have to live by their rules on sex. Meaning that usually you won't I won't be able to have it. Because that in their minds it's a place for Food, shelter, sleep, uh, conversation, at times family-friendly entertainment. Any if it's just adults, most adults don't want to be privy to what other adults are sexually about in terms of the seeing and the hearing. Um... Some hotels and motels are more like as long as we don't hear you and you don't destroy any property, whatever. But it is harder, I must admit, to have sex in hotels and motels because you never know who puts their ear to your door. You got people nosy like that. You got people who want to record you, tape you. You want you got people who want to stand outside your door. You want people who who you got people who want to peer through the peephole or like it's a peephole without being a peephole. You know what I mean? We see like you could look into a room even if you never turn the knob or touch the door handle. So you got people who do that. So those are things about sex that I have to consider in terms of how nosy people can ruin um, sexual intercourse. So on the road, I will have that along with my chosen family, true friends being nearby. So those are extra incentives to me to go. I'm not saying you can never have sex on the road. I'm pretty sure there could be ways that I can. It's just, it would be to a bare minimum because of the variables I'm mentioning. And there's more variables that I haven't mentioned that I'm going to say right now. Also, when you have people 
as a global icon, you're always surrounded by people, usually. What those people will do in terms of discovering and uncovering your sex life, you don't know what they'll do with it on the road. There's no guarantee that they'll respect you and the sexual privacy of whoever you're with. Because when you're always around people and they're so used to talking about you and talking to you, then what happens sexually, you don't know where it's going to land. So I've had to really think about not putting anyone, not even myself, in jeopardizing sexual circumstances where sexual untruths are publicly stated and privately stated. So I decided to be more mindful, in fact, fully mindful of how people can misprocess and mishear and misinterpret what is the sexual occurrences. Because when you're a public, when you're a public figure of the global kind, which is the highest kind of public figure ever, many times it's like the game of telephone. And sometimes people treat sex as the sexual game of telephone. You may hear the truth the first time, but by the time it gets to the last person, sexual lies have been piled on numerously. So I had to think about that in terms of the sexual human nature that most people have. And also, when you're a public figure, there is the controversy of flirting and flirtation. Now, I'm not saying you can't flirt and be a flirtatious with the right one and the right ones in terms of people. If they are of moral integrity, I don't see why not, right? However, some people with unresolved traumas may misinterpret flirting or flirtation as worthy of having having you indicted or prosecuted or taking you to civil court. Or they may think, well, since you're flirting with me, that you want a monogamous, serious, committed relationship while you may be a person who is monogamous and casual or non-monogamous and casual. And it just goes awry. So those are things I've had to consider about sex. I also had to think about the fact that when you're a a public figure of the global kind like me, there are also some people out there that may try to proposition you And what I mean by that is, is that they may f- 
flatter you just to rape culture you or they'll flatter you so you can be a fulfillment of their sexual vainglory, sexual vanity, uh, sexual wrath, sexual greed, sexual gluttony, um, sexual like anger, sexual sloth, sexual assedia. Um, so you could be a victim of their sexual and wholesome lust and a, a victim of their sexual envy. a victim of their sexual compulsory behaviors. In their minds, they may acknowledge to themselves that they are, as they say, sexual addicts. They may try to, in their mind, but they may try to victimize you with that. And they may think that you being nice to them means that they share their whole naked bodies with you and you gotta do you gotta share your whole naked bodies with them. They feel like niceness means we let it all hang out together in terms of the flesh and the inner life. And they want to be unwholesomely naked and unwholesomely unashamed. They're not, I've, I've learned that most people are unwholesomely naked, unwholesomely ashamed. Very few people are wholesomely naked and wholesomely unashamed because there's nothing about them that screams any kind of sexual stranger danger. They're not sexual cautionary tales. They're not sexual red herrings. They're not sexual red flags. They're it. They don't. They don't. Set off the sexual bullshit detector. But most people. Have all those sexual. Hot mess. So to speak. And I've had to really. be honest with myself about these kinds of people. Because most people at some point set off the sexual lie detector test, meaning they fail the sexual lie detector test in terms of the sexual bullshit detector. Setting that off means you fail to not sexually bullshit. So these are things I'm thinking about as a as a person who loves people. Most people would not 
be capable would be incapable of honoring my sexual well-being, my sexual quality of life. And then when I think about my own heart, I come to the conclusion that Very few people are free of sexual entrapment. It's like we would be the mice. Sexually speaking, on the sexual mouse trap and the sexual cheese that we eat. Sexually speaking, keeps us on a sexual mousetrap. Most people are that way. And then as I discovered when it comes to sex for myself, I've also learned that as a global humanitarian, My calling should never be mistaken for, oh, he's just using his purpose to perpetuate public figure sexual entitlement. It's never I'm about, I'm never about that. And there are people out there with sexual entitlement in their hearts, which makes me value my sexual thought control and my sexual self-control even more. Some people would have me go through vomitous sexual rites of passages and stomach-turning sexual initiations, which makes me more mindful of my sexual emotional control, my sexual intellectual control, and my sexual psychological control too. Most people are sexually hollow, sexually shallow, sexually superficial. And 
and sexually empty. And they would make me feel sexually claustrophobic and they would sexually suffocate me. They would make me feel like when it comes to sex, I can't breathe. I can't blink. Can't smell, can't touch, can't taste. Can't hear, can't see. What kind of sex that make me feel such ways? I would feel sexual paralysis regarding them because they would be sexual vipers. Sexually blind guides, sexually blind fools. They would be Sexually speaking, slide like a fox. They would be a bunch of sexual freeloaders, sexual vampires. Sexual hangers on, sexual sexual fake friends. They would be sexually sometimes sexually fickle and sexually fair weather. And they would be sexually two-faced. And lastly, they would be sexually phony. And hypocrites when it comes to sex, too. Most people are these kind of ways when it comes to sex. Very few people are not any of these things when it comes to sex. I admit that, too. comes to sex, my sexual heart, my sexual feelings of sexual love, sexual compassion, sexual empathy, sexual needs and sexual desires, dictates to a sexually great extent how I sexually live because I always sexually find time to engage in sexual self-cherishment. I guard my sexual heart above all else, making sure that I concentrate on my sexual desires and sexual needs that will keep me on the sexually wholesome path. I make sure my sexual affections push me in the right sexual directions for my own sexual life. I put needful sexual boundaries on both my sexual needs and my sexual desires. I I don't I don't go after everything and everyone I see sexually speaking when I 
look straight ahead, sexually speaking. I don't get sexually sidetracked on sexual detours that lead to sexual wrongfulness. I keep my sexual eyes fixed on on sexual solid character. My sex life does not destroy my friendship life. My sex life does not destroy my family life. My sex life does not destroy my professional life. My sex life does not destroy my life with my talk buddies my life with my hangout buddies, my life with my small talk buddies, my life with my glance and handshake and keep it moving type of buddies. My sex life does not destroy my life with my associates and my acquaintances. Um, My sex life is free of dehumanization and demonization. My sex life is not literally and figuratively sickening. My sex life is free of unwanted pregnancies and unwanted children. My sex life does not turn anyone into thinghood. My sex life does not harm my excelling and loving myself and others sacrificially, sacrificial love, compassionately, compassionate love, neighborly, neighborly love, unconditionally, unconditional love. My sex life is extremely safe, immeasurably speaking. I avoid conversations with people who try to use Flattering quotations and smooth speech and quotations to sexually ensnare me. I don't live a life of sexual careless living. I don't live a life of sexual moral laxness. I don't live a life of pursuing sexual pleasure heinously. And I don't live a life of pursuing sexual pleasure so so uncaringly. Um, I 
I'm not fixated on forbidden sex, meaning the type of sex that can be literal death and figurative death. I don't allow my sex life to tarnish my my sensitivity to commitments. I am entirely open with the right people. I'm not entirely open with the wrong people. I've let go of the sexual trust issues of the past. When I feel sexual needs and sexual desires... They're filled with sexual logic, sexual, and sexual reason. I'm a sexual rationalist. I'm sexually pragmatic, and I value sexual practicality. I live a life of sexual rationality, in other words. Some people are sexually cunning. Their alluring me is futile. Their false boldness of approach does nothing for me. Them inviting me over to their place wherever they want me sexually has no has no control over my soul. When it comes to my sex life, no one is devastated, no one is scarred, and it's free of unwise deeds. Before entering sexual partnerships, I ask, what are my sexual motives? What are their sexual motives? Am I avoiding any internal problems by seeking this sexual partnerships? Are they avoiding any internal problems? by seeking the sexual partnerships? Is this sexual partnership the best internal solution? Or is it only a quick 
sexual solution to my internal problem. Did I and they consider enough sexual situational appropriateness in terms of fruitful sexual guidance am I willing to settle for sexual less Are they willing to settle for sexual less? Are we positive sexual role models to each other in order to do right by Bisexual rectitude. Are we really working toward the same internal goals? And lastly, sexual goals? Those are healthy sexual questions to ask. I've also learned ask myself these other sexual questions. If I choose one sexual course of action... Does it help my witness for sexual trauma recovery? If I choose one sexual course of action, am I motivated by a need and by a desire to help others know healthy sex after rape if I choose one sexual course of action does it help me do my sexual best if I choose one sexual course of action Is it the sexual best and most sexually beneficial course of action? If I choose one sexual course of action, am I only think am I thinking only of myself sexually and non-sexually? Or do I truly care about the other people sexually and non-sexually? If I choose one sexual course of action, am I acting lovingly, sexually, non-sexually, or selfishly, sexually, non-sexually? 
I choose one sexual course of action. Does it help me do my best non-sexually speaking? If I choose one sexual course of action, will it cause any sexual ruination of our present, our future? And does it reinforce the sexual regrets and sexual remorse of our past? If I choose one sexual course of action, does it honor our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our souls, and our memories? Choose one sexual course of action. Is it against sexual compassion and love, sexual unconditional love, sexual neighborly love? Sexual golden rule, the sexual platinum rule, the sexual silver rule. Sexual companionate love, sexual courtly love, sexual puppy dog love. Sexual self love, sexual love and sexual agape love. That's my formula for making wise sexual choices on sexually sensitive issues.